Hello, I'm Richard Cock, and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. This program is broadcast every Sunday evening from 6 to 8, and in it I talk to someone who is a person of note, and we listen to music of their choice. My guest in tonight's program is American saxophonist Doug Masick. Welcome, Doug. Good to be here, Richard. Thank you very much. Good to see you again. It's very good to see you again. And uh, why we say again is because uh, our paths crossed when you were a clarinetist in the Cape Town Symphony Orchestra. Yes, I was principal clarinet in 1996, um, and that's where we first met. Yes. And then you went back to America. Yes, And correct. you are now professor of saxophone. Yes. At a very prestigious institution. UCLA, uh, University of California in Los Angeles. Yes. As opposed to University of California somewhere else. Yes, they have branches. They have uh, University of California, Berkeley, uh, University of California, Davis, Irvine. Uh, they have a few of them around. But the most prestigious is Los Angeles. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not only professor of saxophone, you're also head of their wind department. The wind department, yes. I oversee the uh, entire wind program, yes. And just to give us some idea of size, because everything in America is bigger and better, uh, you were talking about how many students? Many? Hundreds? Uh, yes. Not thousands? No, not thousands, no. <laughs> but hundreds? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the state of music in America is good? It's very good. Yes, very good. Well, we'll hear we more keep, about We keep that. them busy. I bet you do. <laughs> and we'll be hearing more about this as the program goes on. But we're going to listen to you playing now a piece by Maurice Ravel, Pièce en forme de habanera. That was Pièce en forme de habanera by Maurice Ravel, played by my guest in People of Note, Doug Masek, who's visiting South Africa for what, Doug? Here for a for some performances. We're going to be performing uh, at the University of Northwest in Pachisrum. Uh, let's see, UNISA, uh, University of Stellenbosch, and the University of the Free State, uh, in conjunction with the saxophone symposium, the South African saxophone symposium. And that's, is that a relatively new thing, or has that been going for some time? It was initiated in 2014. Okay. Is this the first time you've been here for the Saxophone Society? This is the first time, yes, for me personally. But yes. you've been a, a fairly regular visitor to South Africa since 1989, 1989 I think. was my first visit here. And pretty much every year up until about six, seven years ago, I've been coming. And what first brought you here? I was invited by the Cape Town Symphony to perform a concerto, and Alan Stevenson was the conductor. And uh, that was my first introduction yeah. to South Africa. But I, I certainly remember um, working with you in the 90s. Yes. Uh, we, we did quite yes. a few things together. We did. Yeah. Yes, quite uh, a few. <laughs> but then what, so what made the move for you from clarinet to saxophone? Well, when I started, performing, uh, clarinet was something I always wanted to pursue. Uh, I was always known more as a saxophonist. And I had an opportunity to uh, continue with clarinet by the work I was doing in Los Angeles. 
And I thought, I'm going to give the, uh, the orchestral clarinet a shot and see where it goes. And I worked and practiced and took the audition in Cape Town, and I was able to get the principal clarinet position. Okay, and then, but now since then, you've been more uh, on the saxophone. On the line. saxophone side, yeah. I guess I got it out of my system, the clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you got it out of your system in South Africa because that's where we first met when you were playing in the Cape Town Symphony Orchestra. And here you come playing the Entract by Jacques Ibert. That was my guest in People of Note, Douglas Masek, playing the Entract by Jacques Ibert. Who was playing the guitar on that? James Smith, who was a colleague of mine uh, when I taught at the University of Southern California, which is just down the road from UCLA. And James was head of the guitar program. And that arrangement was done by James as well as the uh, Habanera. And we formed a duo for over 30 years. We were performing everywhere in Southern California area, and we used to play at saxophone symposiums and uh, did a lot of traveling. And they were primarily uh, James's uh, arrangements. And then, thankfully, we got some new music that was written for us, and uh, we premiered numerous works for the, for the duo. Uh, for that duo, besides playing soprano saxophone, I was also playing alto saxophone and clarinet. I did quite a few things uh, with him on clarinet along the way. But now do you specialize in one of the saxophones? Right now, because I'm on tour in South Africa, it's soprano saxophone. Just because it's uh, smaller to carry. <laughs> it is, <laughs> right. I have a quartet in uh, California, and I, I play saxophone, uh, soprano saxophone in that group as well. So right now, I, I guess my specialty is soprano and alto. And is that quite a popular thing now to have a saxophone quartet? Very popular. Yes. Yeah, because we play, uh, I think it's called Vierfarben Saxophon, which is a group of four saxophones mm. here uh, quite a lot on, on Classic 1027. And it's a fantastic sound. It is. It is. Yeah. So um, that's soprano, alto, tenor, and baritone. And baritone, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. I love the baritone sax. It's got such a wonderful sort of... It does. Cello Gritty sound. sound. Yeah. <laughs> no, it can be gritty, though, too. It's, True. It's yeah. just wonderful. And uh, did you start on the saxophone, or did you start on clarinet? I started on saxophone, but then six months afterwards, I uh, went to clarinet. So clarinet and saxophone have always been part of my... Uh, training in early years and my father was a musician and he felt it was important that I learn to play the clarinet and um, what he did would, he play he was a uh, saxophone player and clarinet but his primary was was piano and he studied at the Oberlin Conservatory and after two years he decided he wanted to become a jazz pianist so he left the conservatory and got into jazz and, and really never played the, the saxophone and clarinet again. Your next choice is uh, Rudy Wieduft playing the saxophone, and the piece is called Saxophobia. That was Rudy Wieduft playing Saxophobia. Tell One, me about it. Uh, Rudy Wiedoff was... Uh, oh, Wiedoff, sorry. Uh, th that's okay. Uh, Rudy Wiedoff was a uh, wonderful inspiration for me in my early years. Um, he was uh, the f probably the first showman who traveled uh, across the United States numerous times just playing uh, 
music that he had written and music that was written for him. Uh, he played with orchestras. He played uh, with pianists as a soloist. And he did a lot of the the special techniques that are becoming really popular these days uh, amongst the young generation coming up playing saxophone, uh, namely double-tonguing, triple-tonguing, slap-tonguing, circular breathing, things of this nature. So he was a showman all the way playing his instrument. It all sounds rather obscene, if I may say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And are these all techniques that you use, too? I don't. Uh, I personally uh, can teach it. But uh, I haven't investigated it myself enough to put it up on stage. <laughs> but when did saxophones become really popular? Because it seems to me that they're very popular now. A lot of people like to play sax. Yes. Uh, it goes back to the 19th century uh, in the 1840s when Adolf Sax invented the instrument. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh, we missed the Beethoven and the box and things like that, so we're forced into transcriptions. But uh, the popularity of the instrument, especially the soprano saxophone, came in at, uh, just after the turn of the 20th century. As an orchestral instrument or as a solo instrument? As a solo instrument, uh, Sidney Bechet was, was really one of the early pioneers of the soprano saxophone. Your next choice is by George Shearing, I'll Be Around. George Shearing. Uh, my father, uh, who was, I think, a, a great pianist, uh, besides a jazz pianist, he also played a great deal of classical. But he patterned his style after the voicings of George Gershwin, uh, uh, George Shearing, I'm sorry. Shearing had a, a, a very unique style in that instead of a four voice um, pattern overlay, he would add a, a fifth voice that would double the top voice. So he would be playing in a great deal of octaves. And consequently, the, the chord structures that he would use for his uh, arrangements uh, were just very unique of the time. And I grew up listening to George Shearing via my father. And it was a huge influence on me. Uh, I studied piano a great deal uh, when I, in my informative years. And my father was teaching me, and, and so consequently, I picked up a lot of these George Shearing voicings that became uh, ingrained in my brain. <laughs> now, do you play what we would call classical saxophone, or do you play jazz, or both? I'm playing both. Uh, I, I do do both. My saxophone quartet, uh, entitled the um, Encore Saxophone Quartet, we, we actually cross over into jazz and classical. Uh, my solo work is primarily classical. Uh, when I do recitals, as I, uh, I will be doing on this tour, I do have numerous crossover pieces that will incorporate jazz and classical. So just define for us classical saxophone. It's more composed music. Yes, composed yeah. music. Everything is, is all written out. Uh, there's no uh, improvisation a la jazz, uh, bebop, or or anything of that nature. So it is all written written out music. Because one associates uh, saxophones with jazz rather more, yes. but there are many composers who've written, and I'm thinking of composers of a bygone era like, let's say, Bizet or Ravel yes. or Glazunov, for example, who've written pieces for saxophone. Yes, for classical. Concertos. Yes, yeah. absolutely.
Um, and in fact, I've I've certainly performed the the Glazunov's saxophone concerto, and I see it's coming up later yes. in the program. But we're going to hear now a waltz for Debbie. This is called, and the the saxophone player has a wonderful name. I think Cannonball Adderley. Is that true? It's very true. Yes. Is that really Cannonball Adderley? It's Julian Cannonball Adderley, yes, right. Uh, he was another big influence in my, my early uh, career. Uh, he was one of those players that had such a huge sound on the instrument that I tried to uh, gravitate towards that sound when I played classical saxophone uh, because it was a very unique sound and... Uh, the way he, in this particular piece, Waltz for Debbie, which was written by Bill Evans, uh, who was playing piano along with him, uh, has become a, a true standard in the in the jazz repertoire. And I used to listen to this piece for hours and hours and, and take down all the solo work that Cannonball Adderley was doing. So it was a big influence for me. And just, you talked about your formative years. Is Is saxophone growing in popularity at the moment? I think it's bigger than it's ever been. Uh, my my colleague and, and my student, uh, Matthew Lombard, uh, who who actually put together the South African National Saxophone Symposium, just uh, returned from a trip uh, from uh, Croatia. And saxophonists from all over the world congregated uh, to this convention, and it gets larger and larger every year. And uh, it, it's amazing how how much it's changed since I started going to the the first conferences, like very much similar to this. And do they have these conferences all around the world? Yes, they do. Uh, like I mentioned, this last one was in Zagreb, Croatia. Uh, one's going to be coming up in Japan in a couple of years. Uh, they've had them in the United States, and uh, they vote on it. In a and sense. do you have? whole saxophone orchestras. Yes. The Eastman School of Music uh, in the United States has, I think, one of the greatest saxophone choirs anybody could ever imagine. Oh, it's called a saxophone choir? A saxophone choir, yes. How many play? Uh, figure four per instrument, so four soprano saxophones, four altos, four tenors, four baritones, and they throw in a sopranino, and they can throw in a bass, so it can uh, contrabass. And so that's quite it, a hectic sound. It's it's the greatest sound in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and people are writing, presumably writing music for this, too. Yes, yeah. and uh, a great deal of arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear Stravinsky played, on a, played by a saxophone choir. <laughs> Sounds phenomenal. Well, the next performer is Paul Desmond. Now, I guess all these people that you've chosen for a reason. I have. Paul Desmond is what I think the closest to uh, classical saxophone in a jazz setting. Uh, again, another big influence for me because of what he does with the vibrato and how he handles uh, phrase endings and just how he can go from point A to point B uh, with just this gorgeous, what I call classical sound in a jazz setting. Paul Desmond, this is live from the Edmonton Festival. That was a piece called Wendy. Uh, Paul Desmond was playing it. 
and it's the choice of Doug Masek, who's my guest in People of Note. Doug is visiting South Africa to take part in the South African National Saxophone Symposium. Doug, I just want to ask you about the instruments that people play these days, because some instruments, I guess you have student instruments and you have professional instruments, mm -hmm. but some are better than others, I guess. They are. And, and yes. the most famous name in saxophones is what? Selmer. <laughs> oh, is that an American company? No, it is, no they're made in France, in uh, Paris, yes. And they're still better than the Americans? I well, I work for Selmer. <laughs> okay, so, so you have to say that they better. I, I, I promote <laughs> Selmer saxophones, right? And I and have they're for brilliant. Many. They're they're great. <laughs> they're great. No, but I mean, Selmer is a famous name in yes. in the world of saxophones. It is. And presumably, if you have an old Selmer, is this a good thing? If it's in good condition. If it's in good condition and uh, it plays in tune things of this nature. So there are things to watch out for in yeah. some of the older instruments, as it would be with any older wind instrument. Yeah. yeah. But some of them can be quite good still yes. and valuable. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Very much and so. you play Selmers, obviously. I play Selmers, yes. Because you promote mm -hmm. them. Right. Uh, can you play something for us? I can, yes. And what is it that you're going to play? I'm going to play a piece entitled, entitled Coltrane. Uh, it's a tribute to the great saxophonist John Coltrane, uh, written by uh, English composer David Heath.
That was Coltrane by David Heath. Uh, David Heath, English composer, uh, born in 1956. And his early writing, this is one of his early pieces, uh, around 1975. And he wanted to uh, write in the styles of John Coltrane and Miles Davis. So he wanted to take the harmonic structures that both of these uh, players uh, would have been playing in. And he incorporated it into this piece entitled Coltrane. Uh, again, being a tribute to Coltrane, uh, he, he was just trying to get uh, the inflections of how Coltrane would interpret a particular phrase and just some of the uh, the periods that he went through uh, throughout his career. So it's a very interesting work. Um, uh, I, I think it really hits on a, a lot of great features in Coltrane's playing. Uh, the very interesting thing about this piece is that it was written for the, the flutist uh, James Galway, which I found very interesting. Here's a saxophone piece written for a flute player uh, originally. And uh, it, because David Heath himself is a flute player, he, he really uh, dedicated many works to James Galway through the years. But it's been transcribed now for saxophone. For saxophone, yes. And it works for well. Yeah, it works great. Yeah. It works well. Especially entitling it John, uh, Coltrane. Coltrane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just tell us a bit about the playing of the saxophone now, because it seems like quite an athletic instrument. It is, yes. And um, I think more and more composers these days are, are discovering what, what the possibilities are. Uh, a lot of the examples that I've been uh, having you play uh, take a lot of uh, these uh, characteristics and uh, composers are putting them all into one piece now. So uh, it can be very athletic. Uh, and it, very challenging. Yes. And uh, composers are extending the range of the instrument. Uh, it's causing players to uh, investigate themselves even more now to see how high they can go, how fast they can play, uh, the different techniques involved, uh, slap-tonguing and things of this nature. There are pieces that are just slap-tongue all the way through. Or there are you better explain for our listeners uh, what slap The slap-tongue is. is like a, a pop. Uh, like a, a pop to the sound. So there are pieces that would be popping all the way through. But through the saxophone. But through the saxophone, right. Uh, yes. Can you give us an example of that? Or is that tricky? <laughs> Maybe. Let's see what I can Just do. Just see if you can do it. So all these little uh, percussiveness. Yeah. It's really percussive. Yeah. Circular breathing uh, is another uh, trait that they're getting into that uh, they don't want the player to really stop and take a breath. They just want to have uh, a long line. A long line. Right. A long line. Yes. My guest in People of Note tonight is Doug Masek, who's a saxophone player, as you've gathered, who comes from America, the University College of Los Angeles, and is in South Africa to be part of the South African National Saxophone symposium. But now, your next choice is actually a piece, this is how I first came across <laughs> you when you were playing clarinet. This is Robert Marcellus playing the first movement of the clarinet concerto by Mozart. You're with Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch, and you're listening to People of Note. And my guest tonight is Douglas Masick, 
who is from the University of College of the University College of Los Angeles. He's professor of saxophone and also head of the woodwind department. And his visit to South Africa is for the sax- South African Saxophone Society. And uh, this is a growing interest in South Africa in saxophone player. And we've got some very good saxophone players in South Africa. Yes. Have you much. taught some of them? Uh, yes. Matthew Lombard, who uh, is currently with me at uh, UCLA, uh, working on his doctorate in, in saxophone performance, uh, has been a headliner here for many, many years. Yes. And in fact, I see your next choice features Matthew Lombard. It's by the composer Neil van der Watt, and uh, the piece is called Sonare. It's Well, the whole piece is called Sonare, and this is Matthew with the Ifat van Ikek String Ensemble. That was Matthew Lombard, who is one of the organizers, or the organizer, of the South African Saxophone Society, who brought you to South Africa. Correct, yes. And you're coming with somebody. Neil Stuhlberg, who is my, my dear colleague uh, from uh, UCLA, uh, not only is Neil a phenomenal pianist, but he's also head of director. He's head of orchestral studies at uh, UCLA, and has conducted all over the world. Conducted Los Angeles Philharmonic, among others, and is a very well known conductor. Yes. And presumably at UCLA, you have an orchestra or two. Oh yes, we do. Have. We have two orchestras. Yes, and a saxophone choir. <laughs> no saxophone choir. What? No, no. I have, I have a very small saxophone class at UCLA. So I have no, enough... That's interesting. Why is that? UCLA is a uh, research university, for one thing. Uh, the majority of my students are double majors. Uh, one I just graduated this, this past year uh, wants to become a brain surgeon. And uh, I've had... Uh, poli-sci majors in the past. I've had physics majors and things of this nature. So uh, just to make a long story short, their uh, program consequently isn't very large. It's not a large program. And for the saxophones, uh, because there's really only one group that uh, they have as a large ensemble, they really only need four for that group. But I'm carrying a couple extra in case something happens, <laughs> in case of emergency. <laughs> well, I think it would be wonderful to bring them here on tour to your, it would be your quartet. But you have your own saxophone quartet. Yes, correct. Called what? The Encore Saxophone Quartet. Have they been on tour here? Yes, yes. We were on tour here ooh, 20 years ago. I think it was 20 this years ago. This is a long time. We did it's a time, long tour. Time for another visit, I think. <laughs> Well, your next choice is the Glazunov. We talked mm-hmm. about this earlier. It's quite a famous saxophone concerto. Yes, it's probably one of the most famous. And uh, my first performance in South Africa was the Glazunov concerto, Alan Stevenson conducting. Uh, and uh, again, because it is one of the premier works for the instrument, it's uh, a piece that I played numerous times. And uh, it's a straight-ahead classical saxophone piece. And here it is played by John Hall. He's the saxophone player with the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields under Sir Neville Mariner. Can I just ask, is that 13 minutes likely to be the whole thing? Yes. Yes, Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Right.
That was the alto saxophone concerto by Alexander Glazunov. John Hall was the saxophonist with the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields under Sir Neville Mariner. The choice of Douglas Massick, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. And is there a growing interest in South Africa in saxophone playing? And is it, does it cover all the different instruments? From what I gathered uh, in my travels through the years here in South Africa, I found a, a very strong interest. Uh, again, if I can mention Matthews, and Matthews really spearheading uh, so much of this in South Africa. And uh, I was primarily based in, in Cape Town. And at the University of Stellenbosch, uh, Daryl Walters, who's been teaching there for many, many years, uh, always seems to have a, a pretty large saxophone program. And um, I, I'm not quite sure what's happening there now, but uh, I, I found the interest is very, very strong. In and South some good Africa. players? Very good players that I've heard, yes. Well, now, I'm very interested to see that your next choice is by a Baroque composer. As you, you said earlier, that there are lots of arrangements. Yes. But does saxophone playing suit almost any era of music? I believe it does. Uh, this, this next one we're going to be listening to, the uh, Telemann, this is uh, from his sonata, originally for recorder or flute. And I actually transcribed this for soprano saxophone. Uh, and it was the first piece I ever recorded on my CD, my first CD, which was entitled uh, Distant Memories. And I did this in one take. There was no editing, and it was just one of those moments I was so totally hyped up because I was so excited, and uh, it, it just went by so fast, and it seemed like when I got to the recording session, it just flew. And it was just one of the moments that uh, I found was very exciting. That was my guest in People of Note, Doug Masek, playing an allegro by Georg Philipp Telemann. I don't suppose Georg Philipp Telemann even had a vague idea that one day his piece might be played on a saxophone. He wouldn't even know what a saxophone was. And if he heard it now, he would be writing it, <laughs> writing for saxophone every day. Actually, I think this is always an interesting thought when you think of the many transcriptions which have been made of Baroque music. You wonder how... Bach and Telemann mm. and Handel would react to these sounds. I'm sure they'd love it because yes. they were into this sound and experimenting with instruments and so on. Very much so, yes. Yeah. And it's amazing how well they do transcribe uh, those pieces for modern instruments and saxophones. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing, speaking of transcriptions, my saxophone quartet does an arrangement of the Little Fugue in G minor by Bach. And we, we play it true to form. We don't use any vibrato. Uh, we we want it to sound like an organ. And and it does. And it does. It can. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so do you arrange a lot of stuff yourself as well? The the Telemann that we just heard, that was my arrangement. I don't do a great deal of it. I, I'm doing more for the, the saxophone quartet. I, I've done some uh, crossover pieces, some jazz things, uh, but not a great deal. And the, the saxophone symposium, which is taking place now, I see it's in its fourth year. Uh, you, have you been before to it, or was this your first visit? This is my first, first visit yeah. with the symposium. Right. So you're not quite sure of what lies ahead for you. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very excited about it. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you'll be doing workshops. Just give us an idea of what, what you'll be doing. If, I mean, you come yes. across, across a group of, say, 
five, six, ten, twenty saxophonists. What right. do you do with them? What I'll be doing with them, I'll be giving them master classes. So it'll be on a, a one-to-one basis, and uh, I will be critiquing them. They'll play maybe 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. With uh, everyone else listening? Yes, yes. And there might be a saxophone quartet that'll come through. And uh, again, it'll be a critique type thing. And then uh, I'll go into a clinic format where it'll be question and answers. And uh, we'll discuss uh, what I'm doing in Los Angeles, maybe some of the recordings that I've done, and uh, job opportunities and things of this nature. So it's, it's across the board, any, anything that has to do with saxophone. And you mentioned uh, in one of our previous moments, uh, Distant Memories. And here's a piece called Distant Memories by Randy Edelman. And it's again you playing the saxophone. My guest in People of Note, Douglas Massick, playing Distant Memories by Randy Edelman. Is that where the title of the CD came from? Exactly, yes. Randy was my uh, dear friend and and colleague in undergraduate school, University of Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. And uh, Randy uh, is a very well-known film composer. And actually, I've played on all his motion pictures. And Distant Memories was taken from one of his movies that never made the cut. It, it was cut in the cutting room, so to speak. And I told Randy, I, I thought it would make a, a wonderful piece for soprano saxophone and piano. So he took the the little cue that he had written and uh, made a three-minute work out of it. Now, you mentioned film music there, and I see on your CV you've, you've played with a lot of film music composers. Yes. And conductors, yes. presumably. Yes. Is that with... An orchestra? Uh, yes, uh, within an orchestra. Uh, John Williams, uh, Randy Edelman, Mark Waters. Uh, there have been quite a few along the line. And 100-piece orchestras. Yeah, because Los uh, Angeles is, must be quite a center of movie music making, is it? It is, yes, very much so. Right. And uh, I've had wonderful opportunities playing with some great musicians in these film scores. And I just, I'm, I'm a little amused to see uh, my name appears, so the list, this is for the listener's sake, the list goes like Essa Pekka-Salanen. These are people that Doug Massick has worked with. Essa Pekka-Salanen, Kent Nagana, Placido Domingo, Michael Tilson Thomas, Andre Previn, Leonard Slatkin, Richard Koch. This is very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I, we, have great, we had great moments together. We did. <laughs> I remember them well. Um, now, here comes... A piece by Phil Woods. Again, this is you playing. Are these all from your CD? Uh, CDs, uh, yes. Uh, How many have you made? Seven. Seven? Seven CDs, yes. You've been very productive. I, keeping my reed wet. So, <laughs> Phil Woods, this is the Allegro from his Sonata. That was Doug Massick, my guest in People of Note, playing a, an Allegro from a Sonata by Phil Woods. Uh, do you commission pieces also? No. No? No, I haven't commissioned any. I've had, uh, oh gosh, well over 60, 70 pieces written for me, but I've never really commissioned. You haven't had to because they're I, all dying to write for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, again, I've been very fortunate. I, I've had many wonderful composers write wonderful music for me. So it's been a great career so far. And there are lots of composers around wanting to write. Yes, very much so. And because I have the opportunities to perform, they 
feel I can get their music out there. And when you say you have opportunities to perform, do you perform a lot around America? Not as much as I worldwide. Uh, not as much as I used to. The opportunity just hasn't. Uh, there's so many sax saxophonists these days. But there's you so did. Much going. I the, did. Was that was yes. that your main pastime at one that, time? It was. Yes. Yeah. When I was based in Cape Town, I was going up uh, many times, going to Europe and performing uh, to Sweden and to. Uh, I did a, a month tour in uh, Indonesia and. Uh, I was in Stockholm and Paris and Prague and Nuremberg and uh, a long list. And the saxophone is now a true worldwide instrument. It is, yes. In all societies. Yes, I, I, I firmly believe yeah. that, yes. Uh, the years that I was doing it, uh, there weren't so many going out and performing. So I, I think I hit a, a, a great time and hopefully I had some influence on and the new crew that's coming up these days, and they're wonderful players. Well, and I'm sure many of them have been through your hands also <laughs> as, a, as a teacher, because you, obviously that's, that's your main thing now is teaching. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, here's that rainy day. Jimmy Van Huysen, is it? Huysen. Jimmy Van Huysen, that's, here's that rainy day. Doug, if people want to find out more about your work, have you got a website? I do. It's www.dougmasek.com. www.dougmasek.com. They can find out more about you. And the South African National Saxophone Symposium, you can find at www dot saxophone society dot org www dot saxophone society dot org and you can find all the information about it there there are concerts at uh, Northwest University University of South Africa UNISA Munich uh, Music Foundation University of Stellenbosch and the University of the Free State there will be workshops and recitals at all these places so there's quite a lot going on, and I'm sure this is just part of the whole program of the Saxophone Society. And I think it would be good if we could get Matthew Lombard into the studio to come and talk about the work of the Saxophone Society. So I think we must organize that as well. I think well. that would be great, yes. And has he been your student for some time? Uh, when I first started venturing into South Africa and, and traveling around doing master classes, uh, Matthew uh, was appearing at, at some of these, and that's how I first got to know him. And that, and then he's become your student. Yes, oh. correct. And he's now doing a master's or doctorate. Doctorate. Or doctorate. Doctorate. Yes. Mm -hmm. In performance, saxophone performance. Right. Mm -hmm. This is uh, something relatively new in South Africa because uh, there was a time when you couldn't do a doctorate in performance here. Doctorates were reserved for more academic studies uh -huh. rather than practical studies. But it's great now that people can do doctorates in performance yes. practice. Yes. And fantastic. Uh, and do you have several doctoral students? Or have you had? I've had many uh, doctorals many. Yeah, yeah. through the years, yes. And they're, they've all etched out a wonderful career for themselves. Yeah, they're carrying the torch. <laughs> well, here's someone who was not a doctor of music, but Zim Ngawana. And this is Mayenzeke. Well, it's time that we've 
come to close the program now, and I just want to say thank you to Doug Masick for taking time out of his busy schedule to come and talk to us. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Richard. It's thank been you. great to have you on the program. Great to have you back in South Africa. It's great to be home again. <laughs> and I hope you have a very successful national tour here with all the work that you're doing. And as I said, we must get Matthew Lombard now, who brought you out here. I yes, think. correct. We must get him into the studio to talk about the South African Saxophone Society, which Great. we will do. Great. And to you all at home, thank you for listening. You've been listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. And I'll be back during the week, of course, from 8 to 11 each weekday evening with the full works. So I look forward to your company there. Well, until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.